We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Brian, let's talk about uh, defensively what went right. And we, we we talked about a lot that went right in the last segment, yeah. but let's get specific. Yeah, let's do why. Right. Yeah, let's do why, exactly. why it went right. So we talked right. about how everything was better and, and all these things were effective and all that. So let's talk about why it was so much better. Right. Besides just like the superficial, like good, better coaching, which there was, there was better coaching this sure. year. Sure. But get into the specifics of, of what on the field allowed them to do that. And the first thing you have to look at is just the elite secondary and pass defense that they had. So good. I mean, when you have corners like Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison and Thomas Harper, and one of the things we that, that went right this year, we'll just say it here, is your tra- you hit on your transfers on defense. Yeah. Oh and it gosh. wasn't a lot. I mean, you got three. Two of them were absolute hits. Thomas Harper – was a big hit, Javante Jean-Baptiste. But it all starts with a, a secondary that can just lock people down. Yes. And when you have corners that can do the things that Notre Dame's corners did this season, it's like, boy, that's that's just – it's so much easier to to, to, to <laughs> yeah. be dominant when, when you're playing yeah. that effectively. It, it really is. And they – I mean, you're talking about Benjamin Morrison wasn't even your best corner this year. I mean, think about that. And and they were just they were just lights out this year uh, as a secondary, and that 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 was a big part of it. You could just kind of go out there and play man defense, press yep. man defense more often than not, and just completely put you know put the clamps on people, mm-hmm. and that that allowed a lot of what Al Golden wanted yes. to do. Yes, and and then when you're bringing in, here's the other part too that's 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 you know can can be overlooked. You you, you look at it and say, hey, man. You can play Jade Mickey as much as they did, and you can play Christian Gray as much as they did, and they're even more effective as far as just a pure percentage standpoint. Because like, so Benjamin Morrison allowed a fifty-nine percent completion percentage this year. Cam Hart was fifty-three point six, and that number is way too high because Pro Football Focus gives a lot of no cover zone completions. So if like they catch a screen behind the line, that's they ridiculous. count that as a catch on yeah. Cam Hart. It right. is what it is. But right. there's consistency to it. They do that sure. with everybody. And and so but then 
but that's I mean it's still a pretty good number when you especially when you look at like what they gave up as far as you know they, they gave up um you know like not a lot of yards per catch and different things like that and, and not a lot of the yards after catch at least Cam Hart didn't the numbers were overall pretty pretty flipping good and but then you look at at Jaden Mickey allowed nine completions on 20 attempts and Christian Gray allowed seven completions on 19 attempts. So they were, as a unit, they were below 50% throwing on corners this year as a unit. That's a really good statistic, really good statistic. And so uh, you, know, you look at Ohio State, for example, who had, a, who had one of the best pass defenses of college football. And I'm using Ohio State as an example because of how good they were, it, because they were one of the teams that ranked near Notre Dame this season of pass defense. Their two corners were similar to where Notre Dame's are at 50.7 and 52.1, but they gave up 61 completions. They're starting, there's two cornerbacks did. Notre Dame's two cornerbacks gave up 40 this season. And so Ohio State starting cornerbacks gave up 353 yards and 277 yards. Notre Dame starting corners gave up 279, and Cam Hart only gave up 137 passing yards the entire season. Wow. In 12 games. And so, and then Jordan Hancock was kind of a rotation corner. He played a lot of corners. Well, he gave up 25 completions for 45 on, on 20, 45 targets for 267 yards. Jaden Mickey and Clarence, Jaden Mickey and Cam and um, uh, Christian Gray combined gave up, uh, let's see, 224 receiving yards. So Ohio State had an elite secondary this year. They had an elite pass defense this year. And then you just look at the, the, the numbers for the corners and you just realize how good Notre Dame's um, corners were this season. Yeah. And they were just, they were excellent. They were absolutely excellent this season. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of liken, uh, you know, defensively, if you've got lockdown corners and you've got guys that can play man and, you know, that kind of a deal as a play caller, uh, you know, obviously it opens up so much more that you can do with your front seven. And I, I liken it to the offensive side of the ball is if you've got like an offensive line that is just dominating everybody, mm-hmm. you can call whatever you want. You know sure. what I mean? Like you can you can run the ball. You can do this. You can do it just opens up everything. That's how it is defensively, but with corners and the secondary. If they if you can lock down outside, you can call whatever you want on the inside and it's going to make you look pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? No, you know, it does. I mean, look, if yeah. you can't be a man defense, right, that allows the box to focus on shutting down the run and getting pressures on the quarterback, if you can't lock people down in man coverage, right, right. and they absolutely did that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It, it, and of course the corners were good thomas harper was really good this season i thought thomas had a really good season but the breakout from from xavier watts helped a bunch as well oh yeah i mean he was really good this season as yes. well controlling and, center field yeah. being able to come down and make plays and he, I mean, yeah. he was just the ball hawk i mean he was he was around the football this this year yeah. um and i yeah. you know a, a lot of that is attributed to the fact that he actually got to play the same position two years in a row i know right and, and you know, we've been begging for that. You and I were calling for him right. to play offense, obviously, early on in his career. You know, and if he would have stuck to offense, yeah. maybe he's a breakout well, wide receiver. But I think he found his home, yeah. obviously, at safety. Well, I and, think Xavier Watts would have done what he did this year wherever he yeah. played. That was always my – like, yes, yes I would think – but he's going to be a dude. Just He just needs an opportunity. Right. But here, here's another thing, too, Vince, is, you know, we talk a lot about the obvious, Benjamin Morrison, Cam Hart, Xavier Watts. But a guy that – that that whose whose final season is probably going to get remembered for a mistake that he made unfairly yeah is dj brown right because you know he had the he had the big missed tackle against louisville and then he had to drop the interception against ohio state and that's a bummer because it masks how much better he was yeah this season he was such a solid part of that defense and, and if you look at the numbers this season uh last year for example DJ had 12 missed tackles. This year only had seven. <clears throat> Last year, DJ gave up 15 completions on 22 attempts for 144 yards. And the year before that, he gave up 11 completions on 16 attempts for 116 yards. That's a 68-plus completion percentage allowed both years. And he had he gave up three touchdowns in those two years. This year, DJ Brown did not allow a single touchdown pass all year. He only allowed... 10 completions all year on 26 targets. Teams only had a 38.5% completion rate against him. He only allowed 85 yards passing all wow. season wow. on the back end of the defense. So DJ Brown stepping up and having a really good final season was sort of that final piece to where there was no weakness in the secondary. Yeah. There was nobody to target when the starters were in the game. Now, there were some guys, teams would go after off the bench, Clarence Lewis, when he came in, they'd go yeah. after him. Uh, Ramon Henderson, when he came in the bench, off the bench, they'd go after him. Ohio, that's exactly who Ohio State targeted. It was DJ to the right and and Ramon Henderson to the left, and they went right after Ramon. And and so those guys weren't quite as effective this season off the bench. So the depth wasn't quite as good. But you're starting secondary, and this is why I've contended. There are other teams that belong in the conversation. I'm not going to sit there and say it's it's not arguable for me, having broken these teams down all year, there was not a better secondary in college football this year than Notre Dame's. There, there are secondaries with better NFL prospects, but there wasn't a better secondary, especially when you consider that Notre Dame – could you imagine what Notre Dame would have done this year if they would have got to play against the Big Ten passing uh-huh. offenses all year? Uh-huh. Think about that. Uh-huh. You know, so uh, that, that says a lot. 
Well, and when you consider lot. the depth as well, when you're talking about bringing in Mickey and Gray, and I mean, right. it, it, you know, across the board and then down deep, uh, this, this is one heck of a secondary for Notre Dame. So you, you talk about what went right. You can't be as good as you were on defense this year without the secondary being as good Correct. as it was. And, it, and, and huge props to, to Chris O'Leary and Mike Mickens. Because obviously we talk a lot about Coach Mickens, deservedly so. He's arguably the best cornerbacks coach in college football right now. Absolutely. But Chris O'Leary, for all the crap I give him, deservedly as a recruiter, the one thing we've never questioned, this guy can coach. Oh, yeah. He's got he's to do a better job recruiting, but this guy can coach. He can flat out coach. And there, there's no doubt about that. So just, and then, and, and, you know, it, guys have to step up. DJ right. Brown, you can coach him all you want, but he's got to step up and make plays. And he did. Right. You know what I mean? Again, I know we're all going to focus on that one play against Ohio State. I get it. But that one play doesn't erase everything else he did this year. Right. Uh, and um, that that's really, that's that that's the foundation of it, in my opinion. And that leads to number two, Vince. Number one, success leads to point number two success in my opinion yeah i mean you're talking about the defensive line making a Mm -hmm. jump i assume yeah so Mm uh yeah the defensive line again i'll I'll say it again when you've got the secondary that you've got at notre dame it allows the defensive line to do what they need to do as well because they can just pin their ears back and come after guys they can come after the quarterback they can come after the run game they can you know make pressures they can disrupt what other teams want to do. And that's what Notre Dame did the best this year was they just disrupted what offensive teams wanted to do against them. And again, yes, sack numbers are important, but they're not the be all end all. They didn't get a ton of sacks, but they disrupted Mm -hmm. these teams. They were in the backfield. They were causing, you know, running backs to try to, you know, pop something outside because there was nothing in the middle. You know, quarterbacks were having to scramble because Notre Dame was there giving pressure. They were forcing offenses off of what they wanted to do. And that's what mm-hmm. you want from your defensive line. This defensive line, because you're right, they lost, you know, Isaiah Foskey's second round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Like a stud, right? I mean, set the sack record at Notre Dame. You lose that kind of, you know, momentum, that that kind of statistic. That's major, and Notre Dame didn't miss a beat. They didn't miss a beat as a as a unit. They didn't miss a beat, and a lot of that, you know, a lot of that credit obviously goes to the transfer yeah. from Ohio State, Javante Jean Baptiste. I, I thought, Certainly. you know, we 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 talked about the fact that Notre Dame hit home runs on those two guys, Harper and JJB. There's no doubt about it. JJB for me is by far the best transfer that they brought in and what he was able to bring at the end, like looking back, it's like, wow, like he, yes, I was pleasantly oh, yeah. surprised with what he was able to bring to the table. I thought he was gonna be a nice depth piece. You know, was he even going to like, when he came in, was like, is he going to start? Like, I'm not sure if he's even going to start. Like he play Vipers, you know, play, yeah. like, he's probably more of a Viper, but they're going right. to ask him to play field end. And he stepped you know. up his run game defense and just his disruptiveness and his and then the off the field stuff I mean you could just tell that he was bought into what Notre Dame was was wanting to do and all of that and so you know that's obviously a big but also still stayed true to you could see some of the comments he'd make about Ohio State sure you know and 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 you kind of like that like he didn't leave Ohio State with any ill will like there was still love for that program and those players and And then he comes here I think it was both ways though yeah like yeah. you, you heard Ohio State people talking 
very positively right. about him when he came over to Notre Dame. And like, you I know, think they were surprised how good he was as well. I agree. Yeah. I um, agree with that. But when, when when I look at the D-line just as a whole, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, you talk about how important it was to get Javante Jean-Baptiste. Just for comparison's sake, Isaiah Foskey led the defense in 2022 with 33 pressures, according to Pro Football Focus. He had 33 pressures in, 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 uh, in 26 stops. He had 15 total sacks and hits on the quarterback on 311, 11, 311 pass rushes. Uh, this year, Javante Jean-Baptiste and 306 pass rushes, so four fewer, had 37 pressures, four more, 14 hits on the quarterback, so that was one less than Foskey, and he had 28 stops this season. Mm. So he was a more productive at that yeah. position yeah, than was. Foskey was at Viper, and the Viper yeah. is designed to be more of a productive mm. position. That's the point. Sure. And so the the end the end jump that that was this year was was huge, but it wasn't just him. I mean, last year, right? Your number one, this according to Pro Football Focus, your top five guys in pressures last year, Foskey was number one with thirty three. Jason Adamiola was two with 25. Justin Adamiola was three with 24. Riley Mills was fourth with 23. And Howard Cross was fifth at 21. You look at this season. Here's your top five this season. Howard Cross had 40. Javante Jean-Baptiste had 37. J.D. Bertrand had 31 pressures this year. Riley Mills had 29 pressures this year. And Maris Leofow had 26 pressures this year. So last year... And, and J.D. Burchan had 11 hits on the quarterback, and Marist had nine. Jalen Seed had four. Jack Kaiser had four. That's a lot of linebackers getting hits yeah. on the quarterback. That's havoc. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's that disruption that you're right. talking about. But, you know, <laughs> last year, your number two guy in, in pressures last year had 25. This year, that guy would have been sixth in pressures. Your number one guy last year would be third this year. Right. And and so those are things that you look at. Like last year, they had 38 total hits on the quarterback and 46 sacks. This year, the sack numbers, according to Pro Football Focus, were only 38. But they had 50 hits on the quarterback. So a lot more disruptive this season right. compared to last season. Last year, they had two broken – this is a big one. Last year, they had two batted balls, balls that are batted at the line of scrimmage, two. This year, they had nine. So it's just an overall level of disruption – Right. That comes from the defensive line, and it wasn't just Javante Jean Baptiste. Right. Last year, you're starting two interior guys, Howard Cross. Let's just take your top four. Last year, your your primary interior disru- you know, rotation. Actually, Howard Riley Mills was an edge player. Yeah, Jason Adamiola had 25 pressures and eight total hits on the quarterback. Howard Cross was your other starter. He had 21 pressures, seven hits on the quarterback. And then your next best guy, Gabriel Rubio, had seven pressures. Chris Smith had – where's Chris Smith? He had two. Not a lot of disruption from the middle. This year, you're starting two interior guys. Riley Mill, Howard Cross had 40 pressures, nine hits on the quarterback. Riley Mills had 29 pressures, 10 hit total hits, sacks plus hits on the quarterback. So you, you had your – and then Jason Onye had eight and a lot fewer snaps. Gabriel Rubio had seven this year on only 68 pass rushes. Last year, Gabriel Rubio had seven on 102 pass rushes. So he was even more effective. He just didn't play as much because he missed four games with injuries. Right. So way more disruptive up the middle. I mean, let, let's just do the math. Last year, top two in tier pass rushers. 
Jason Adamiola, Howard Cross had 46 combined pressures. This year, Howard Cross, Howard Cross by had himself 40. Had, 40. had 40. Yeah. And they had 69 between your top two. Yeah. Last year, your interior guys had similar numbers. You had eight and seven. That's 15 total hits on the quarterback. This year, you had 10. You had 19. So just overall, more disruption from your defensive line this year, especially right up the middle. Yeah. And that is a huge part of it. When you can be a team that can can get pressure on the quarterback right up the middle, yeah, that's a big part of it. And then you look at run stops, or just like you had 33 from Howard Cross this year, 27 from, from Riley Mills. That's 60. Last year, your top two guys had 21 and 13. That's 34 stops. Like the, the interior, the, I mean, Javante Jean-Baptiste was huge. Nana Safa Mensa had a really good season yeah. as the number two off the bench. But the big jump on defensive line yeah. is right there. It was right up the middle. Right. They were so much more disruptive up the middle. Again, guys, do the math. It's simple. Top two pass rushers up the middle last year, 46 pressures. Top two pass rushers up the middle this year, 69 pressures. Last year, top two middle guys had 34 total stops. This year, your top two guys had 60 total stops going to Pro Football Focus. That is such an insanely greater level of just disruptive production right up the middle. And Vince, and you and I have been saying this since people have been hearing us on the show. If you can be great up the middle, you can be great on defense. That's right. This defense was elite. Yes, they had an All-American safety. Yes, they had great corners. Yes, their linebackers are much better, and we'll get into that. But the biggest jump was they were dominant right up the middle of the defense. Yep. And that is a big reason why this defense was so good this year. And the fact that both of them are coming back, the whole depth oh, chart up the middle is yeah. coming back next year right. is really exciting. But we'll, we'll get to what's next next. But like that's that right. was the biggest that was the biggest reason for the improvement this year was the play of the interior and the decision to move Riley Mills inside. The the way but but that that's where you say Al Golden, Al Washington had to did his best work was doing what he did with Javante Jean-Baptiste, sure. but also getting the production they got from the middle of the defense was huge. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code balance10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And to get those two guys to come back. Like that that was a recruiting pull haul all in its own, in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. convincing those guys to come back for another year um which i think is huge obviously moving into next year but we you know you i was waiting to to say how important it is to be dominant up the middle because you know obviously i was a baseball coach i was a football coach like being dominant up the middle defensively 
where do you put your best players on the baseball Short field? Stop center field. 100%. Like, that's where you put your best players. And in football, it's no different. You, you put them up the middle uh, on the line. You put them in middle linebacker. You put them at safety. Like, boom, boom, boom. Where are your best players, right? And you have to be strong there. And Notre Dame was strong there and so strong up the middle, up front, which was so, so important. Those two kids made such a huge stride uh, from last year to this year. And I can only imagine, like, the bar is going to be set pretty stinking high for 24 with these two guys coming back as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm super excited about what the future holds, but we're talking about 23 Mm -hmm. and... You know, they they anchored this defense. And again, yes, you had lockdown in the past game and it allowed these guys to play. It allowed these guys to do that. There's no doubt about it, but they did it. And that's the most important part. They did it and it was super effective. Yeah. Um, and then that allowed for our next uh, our next point of what went well was part of it was was linebacker play mm-hmm. was consistent linebacker play. And you gave some numbers. You know, in the last segment, we talked about linebacker play and what they were able to do and the pressures that they were able to to have at the linebacker position. But they were so much more consistent at linebacker this year than they were last year. And it's the same guys. I mean, it's the same mm-hmm. guys from last year to this year. So, I mean, it's, it's very easy to compare because we're talking about the same kids, right? Mm-hmm. And so many times last year, and I, and I would be sitting next to you in the press box at, or, or sitting next to you watching the game or – Whatever the case may be, it's like, why why are they just taking on these blocks? Right. You know, straight on. Like, not you know, just straight on, shoulder to shoulder. Like, why is this happening? And all three guys did it. All three guys mm-hmm. did it. And it was super frustrating. They shed that problem for the most part this year. Yeah. Um, and, and it showed. I mean, it showed. And there was also, uh, and we talked about this in the first segment, to me, there was a lot less thinking going on. There was a lot less, you know, uh, paralysis by analysis, however you want to to phrase it, right? They were just instinctively now making plays and fundamentally doing a better job of it coming downhill and making those plays in space too. Yeah. Well, I mean, a big part of it, Vince, is – J.D. Bertrand was a slightly steadier version of himself this year. Sure. He was probably, but he was not the problem last year. It was no. the other linebacker spot for sure. I mean, he led the team in tackles right. for the third time in three right. years. I mean, you know, he was in, in two different positions, right? right. He's, he's been productive, yes. but That's what it really true. comes down to, to me, is how much more productive the other two linebackers were. That that yeah. was a big one for me, and and I've talked about this. With with Mar- Maris was so much better this year than he was last year, no doubt. He's so much better this year than he was last year. Uh, but so another guy that that, that just continues to get underappreciated. It's kind of like there's there's an uh, uh, there can be an overhyping of him by some people, but then there's just this utter dismissal. Is and that's Jack Kaiser. If when used effectively, Jack Kaiser's really good. And I felt this year they found that sweet spot for Jack Kaiser. And he was a lot more effective. I mean, I, I talked about this, Vince. You look at the he twice as many hits on the quarterback this year on his pressures. He went from six to twelve, eight more total pressures this season. He had twenty four run stops in twenty twenty two. He had twenty nine this year, and and so he was another guy. Just the overall level of play this season from the linebackers was really really impressive. 
And when you look at the numbers, the 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 crazy thing is, so JD, um, when you look at JD Bertrand, his 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 stats, he had uh, you know his, his total number of snaps. I'm actually looking for it this year. He played a lot more snaps this year than he did last year because of you know not missing time and stuff. Yeah. And they didn't rotate the mic a lot. But when you look at Maris and you look at his jump in production this year, you know, as I said, he went from 11 total pressures to 26. He went from one hit on the quarterback last year. One one time Maris Leofow got to the quarterback last year. Wow. Once. wow. This year he had nine. Jeez. Right? But here's the thing about that, Vince. Last year he played – and then also stops. This year he had 22 – Last year he had 17. That's a jump of 5-2. But here's the kicker. Last year, Maris played 646 snaps. The most of anybody, wasn't it, on the yes. defensive side of the ball? This year only he played yeah. 595. So he did all that in 50 fewer snaps yeah. than he did last. That's a whole game. He right. didn't play the last game, right? So when you look at it, it was a jump in production, but it wasn't a jump in in, in volume. I mean, last year, Jack Kaiser played 338 snaps. This year, Jack Kaiser played 354. It's about the same, you know? And so so the the, the production jump did not come from a they played a lot more snaps jump. It was just they played better football. Right. They were more effective football players. And one of the areas that I really felt like, Vince, is just like you, you talk about it was just the ability for your linebackers to get home more Right. When they pressure was huge because that's just look, that's just who Al Golden is. We can like it, not like it, whatever, but that's who he is. He's gonna have his linebackers come. So if you're gonna do that, you better get better at it. And this year they got a lot better at it. Right. Yes, they did. They got a lot better at it. And it was it was uh it was clinic tape at times to see the linebackers coming downhill, finding the gaps and getting in the backfield and making plays. I mean, it, it it was, and there was just so many more times of that this year than there were last year. Just so many more times. And I'm not – look, again, J.D. Bertrand played J.D. Bertrand football. He's, he's consistent. He's whatever. But he was still more consistent this year than he was last year, even mm-hmm. though he led the team in tackles. He was still more consistent this year, still made more plays this year than he did last year. And then you talk about the other two guys as well, and, and it just uh, – it jumps off the page at you. I mean, it really yeah. does. The, the the jump in production just jumps off the page. Uh, well, and here's one more area where they got a lot better too, Vince, is pass defense. Not just in pressures, but here's the other thing. Last year, J.D. Bertrand gave up 20 completions. This year, only gave up 12. Last year, gave up 175 uh, passing yards. This year, only gave up 123. Maris was about the same, nine completions versus 10, 40 yards versus 62, about the same. Jack Kaiser last year gave up 15 completions on 17 targets for 151 yards. This year, he only gave up nine completions on 11 targets for only 84 yards. So they were able to find ways to protect them a little bit more in the pass game, but just overall, they were also more effective in the pass game in coverage as well. So just across the board, Vince, this group was just a whole lot better than they were last year. No doubt about it. And then finally, what – what went well, and we touched on it in the first segment, but the biggest thing that went well was red zone. The yeah. red zone defense. Yeah. I mean, night and day difference. I mean, yeah. you you gave the numbers in the first segment. We can do it again. 
going from a 130 and 131 in the two red zone categories to number three. And both. I mean, you want to talk about worst to first, you know, that kind of a deal. Yeah. It doesn't get much better than that as far as a, a jump in production in the red zone because that was the biggest – one of the two biggest areas, in my opinion, that this defense had to get better. It was yeah. red zone and end of game, you know, execution. And the red zone was by far the first. And we knew they were going to be better because you couldn't be worse. Right. I mean, if they'd have jumped up to number 120, that's an improvement. Right, you know what I mean? Like it couldn't have been. Well, it could have been worse because there's like two more teams now this year, so they could have gone from 131 to like 133. I guess, sure, could have been worse. (laughs) But in reality, it couldn't have been worse. But to not just get better because of how bad you were, but to make it a strength was just impressive. Yes, it was really, really impressive. Right, and um, and it was a concerted effort across the board: coaching, execution. You know, all of it. I mean, it just, it almost felt like towards the end of the season last year when teams would get in the red zone, it was just like, oh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, even from the, even the the player's body language, it was just like, well, we're in the red zone. I, I don't know what we, we don't know what to do here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You could just see it. You could just see it. And there was a, there was a, a look of confidence this year when teams would get into the red zone um, that was just night and day difference. It just was. Just night and day mm-hmm. difference. So yeah. that's a big one. That's a big one as far as what yeah. went right. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, like that alone could change could have changed so much about about this year's season. Yeah. I mean, just you know, you talk about one of the things that I thought went right this year too, Vince, was they played so many more guys this season, I felt. But a big part of that was because you did what you needed to do early to put teams away. It allowed you to it allowed you to do that. It allowed you to play more guys. And so I, you know, I, I could be wrong on that, but it just felt like they played a lot more guys this yeah, year. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, and it was a they obviously had confidence in their depth chart this year, and so they were able to rotate some more guys. They weren't just doing it to do it. I, I don't feel like I don't feel like the level of play dropped off when they brought certain guys in, and I also think that those guys that they brought in, they played to their strengths. And uh, for yeah. I'll, I'll give a for example, right. When Jalen Sneed was in the game, they played to his strength. Eventually. Getting after the, getting, yeah, eventually. Getting after the quarterback, coming downhill, you know, making athletic plays, things like that. It wasn't, hey, we're going to sit him in the middle and have him diagnose plays. They, they had him using his athletic ability to his advantage and to Notre Dame's advantage. And they especially did that in the bowl game. Uh, and I believe you gave some numbers in the first segment about how his numbers increased from last year to this year and it was mm-hmm. an exponential growth yeah. kind of a situation so yeah it was fun to watch it was wasn't perfect <laughs> no but it was pretty good yeah, it leads us to good. the next point vince what went wrong and 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 there's not a lot we only spend a lot of time on this uh, i do think the pass rush needs to be more consistent i i think that i wouldn't say that it went wrong but if you want to look for some areas where this team wasn't as good They've got to be more effective. There's still, I shouldn't they have, the, there's still plenty of room for improvement when it comes to getting after the quarterback more, especially the Viper position. That was the biggest disappointment yeah. of the season was how little production they got from the starting Viper position. It was great to see him finish the year off on a strong note and all that kind sure. of stuff, and that's great. But you can't have your starting Viper only get you 18 pass pressures the entire year. You right. can't. 
Because that that position is designed to get pass rush pressures. I mean, that's yeah. that that's the des- the designation of that position, and uh, having that person also have to be good enough to drop into coverage at times and yeah. get after the quarterback and be a run stuffer. All, all I mean, it's got to be your most versatile defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And even though it's going to be the same kid from last gotta year be better. to next year, he's yeah. got to be better. He's got to be better. better. One of the revelations, though, Josh Burnham really stepped up this year. And I'm going to have Agreed. an article coming out later today about, you know, look, it's replacing re- replace and reload at, at defensive end. Because the way that Notre Dame calls the field end, they call it defensive end, and they call the Viper Viper. I mean, it's so it's when I say defensive end, that's what I'm referring to. Right. You know, but the re- part of the reason they're putting Josh Burnham over there to the to the defensive end position is because of how well he played this year. And they're going to give him a shot to start. Obviously, yeah. he'll, he'll battle with RJ Love Open, it. but – Love it. You know, that that was a, a it was nice to see that. But the the concern looking forward, it would be, boy, that Viper position is a bit of a question mark. And it was it was a disappointing position for the most part this year that that's got to get better, in, in my opinion, moving forward. The run defense still is not where it needs to be. It, yeah, it's the better, 30s, right? They're like, well, they they ended up like 29th. But a lot okay. of that was because of the fact that they completely shut down Oregon State's Two, run game yeah. in the bowl game when they didn't have three starting offensive linemen and their thousand yard running back. I mean, sure. you, you can't ignore that. You can't act like now. It, look, I don't care who was not playing. Holding a team to two yards is really impressive for sure. But it, it does need that added context of uh, maybe you would have held them to 60 if all those guys played and that Fair. still would have been great. So you, you can't just completely ignore that. But you, know, you look at that, you think of the 60 yard touchdown run against Ohio state. You just can't give up that play. Right, you know the way that Duke ran on them, ran on them in the second half of that game. The way that Clemson ran on them, really the entire game. You know those are those are all things that they're going to have to get better at next season. I mean, Duke ran for t- season high 189 yards against Notre Dame. Louisville ran on them pretty well, ran for 185 yards. You know, Clemson ran for 176 yards, and even in some of the games like Wake Forest and Sanford, they still gave up over 130 yards in each of those games. Like that's not. That's not great. They didn't finish on a great note with their run defense, to be honest with you, in the regular season. Right. Of course, the bowl game was phenomenal. But that's an area that's where I think different. there's still there's still room yeah. for improvement. And the biggest thing for me is you've got to be more disruptive against the run. And that's that that is something that was a complaint last year that remains a complaint this year. Is there still a need for more plays against the pass? I mean, against the run, like disruptive plays against the run. There's still a need for that. Yeah. Um, Javante, yeah. especially because the guy that brought you your most production against the run on a per snap basis. I mean, Javante Jean Baptiste had five and a half tackles for loss this year on just run plays because he had ten and a half tackles for loss, five sacks. So five of those were were run plays. A lot of your other production came, you know, was you know guys getting the same number of sacks. Like like Jordan Patel had four sacks. He had four and a half tackles for loss. You got a half a tackle for loss from your starting viper this year in the run game that's still got to get a lot better yeah there there needs to be that's an area where they're still like that's the one hey you want to make a jump this year like you made in red zone defense make it be tackles for loss right yeah if you're looking for that 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 circled stat that you need to get better at i agree with you yeah they they were at 75 this year they were at 85 last year be nice for this defense to get up near 100 yeah that that would be the ideal number for me for them to be at is around 100 tackles for loss and Notre Dame's never been a great tackle for loss team but like you talk about Riley Mills I thought Riley Mills had a heck of a year part of the reason he isn't being recognized for it 
is because he didn't make enough plays on the ball. He was super disruptive, like forcing running backs to make make cuts and quarterbacks to make cuts, and then other people clean it up. He's got to start making some more of those plays on the ball. Yeah, that those are areas where it can get it needs to get better. And then of course the second half against Louisville and the first half against Clemson were 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 low spots this year. Well, I, w- I wanted to to ask you about you know tackles for loss and in the run game and all of that. Do you think <clears throat> moving forward? I I I. I hesitate to say moving forward because we are going to talk. You know what? I'm going to hold this until we talk about, you know, whether the group was good enough this year or moving yeah. forward. I'll, I'll yeah. save this. I'm going to write it down because I want to ask you about it. But I digress. So, yes, you are absolutely right. Those two particular games, I mean, those those are the money downs, right, or the money plays that, that have to be made. Mm-hmm. And while they made them in a lot of games, they yeah. didn't make them in those two games that were vitally important to this yeah. season. And, and thir- third down, the last one's third down. Your defense has to get better on third down this season. This next, like Ohio, one of the big keys, Ohio State. Ohio State went ten of seventeen on third down. That's the game right there. Yeah, like that. That's the game. Oh my gosh, yes. The third down was abysmal in that yeah. game. It was abysmal. Yeah. It was like every time they got, like the the defense did a great job of getting them to third down, and a lot of times it was a third and long. It was a third, you know. Uh, third and eight, third and nine, like it felt like there was a lot of times where, okay, first and second down were successes, and then they allowed them to convert those third downs, mm-hmm. and those are backbreakers. Yeah. Those are absolute backbreakers to a defense because you're yeah. doing your job first and second down, and then third down you can't get off the field. Like, yep. Those are just, oh, Yeah, they man. got better, but not nearly good enough. Yeah. They need to be a top 15 third down defense in my yeah. opinion. Right. And they were just inside the top 30 this yeah. season so that's gonna have to get that's an area where it can get better right definitely an area where it can get better no absolutely i completely agree with that for sure for sure all right we got one more section to go before we get to the mailbag but before we do make sure you hit that like button that subscribe button that notification bell share with your family and friends shoot us a five-star review head over to the boards boards at irishbreakdown.com and of course the website irishbreakdown.com uh, for continuing coverage. Remember, Ryan is down at the All-American game in San Antonio, and I just see on the board, I just see stuff coming. He's talking to the recruits. He's got stories coming. He's uh, observing practices, you know, all of that fun stuff. And so lots going on, so make sure you stay locked in because there is no such thing as an offseason mm-hmm. at Irish Breakdown, that's for sure. Kind of wish there was, but there isn't. <laughs> this is true in a lot of ways. <laughs> we mm-hmm.
Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.